You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 110. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back, my friends. How are you? How are you specifically doing? We are at the beginning for a majority of the country here in the United States to restart the terms. Here come the semesters. Wherever you are, coast to coast, border to border, no doubt you are either starting school or well into the preparation for beginning the new semester, the new term. And there's so much, so much that's happened over the last year and a half that I really could just the list of subjects I could discuss in this episode are varying and and just there's so many that I know that can be impactful. The one I would like to cover today is going to be more about your emotional health and your state of mind. And we cover that a lot in this show because I really do believe that mental health is one of the more important aspects of life that we're really starting to see finally take center stage. And I really do think that Simone Biles and what occurred with her at the Olympics is really going to be able to catapult mental health, not just of the elite athletes and of the famous people, but we're really talking about the us average Joes out here, if you will. The average Joe, the average Jane, the average they, whatever pronoun you would prefer to use, feel free to just slide it right in there. And then let's discuss what mental health is like when somebody is bullying you or someone that you love or someone that you care about, someone in your vicinity, you see a complete stranger being picked on. What is it that that evokes emotionally in you? How are you preparing yourself for the ebbs and flows of emotions that will come about when you witness a bullying event, you're a part of a bullying event, you are the one being bullied? This is something that I dealt with firsthand in elementary, middle school, and high school. I was generally the new kid, whether it was Craig Middle School where I was a minority there, whether it was moving out into the country where everyone had my same skin color, but everybody didn't have the same socioeconomic background. My dad worked in the city an hour away. Um, He made very good money compared to the country folk. And it was pretty obvious based on the clothes that I wore and the shoes that were on my feet that my family had money. And therefore I was bullied about that. Crazy enough, I remember at 7th grade at Central Middle School being harassed just to the point of absurdity over having Reebok pumps. Now, for those of you who are younger, you don't maybe know what Reebok pumps are, or they've definitely lost their impact on what sneaker society cares about now. But back in 1987-88... Um, Reebok pumps were the shiznit. Um, and the fact that I just said shiznit on the microphone <laughs> probably ages me. 
<laughs> pretty much too, but whatever, right? If you don't know I'm in my 40s by now, you ain't been listening. So I'm walking around with these Reebok pumps, and, you know, I wasn't a basketball player. I didn't even hit my growth spurt yet. I just loved the shoes, and my mom bought me the shoes. And people would try to let the air out of the pumps and everything, and that was the fun part of it. The non-fun part was just the bullying I'd get during lunch, being called rich kid. And again, it wasn't like my dad was even making six figures at this point. But when you live in a small country town, anything over 30, 40 is is rich in this area, especially in the 80s. Um, Going off into high school when I lived in Daytona Beach, I remember getting punched in the face multiple times because some kids wanted my tiny little football that me and my little... like geeky chessboard playing friends wanted to throw around. Uh, when we left Daytona Beach and went back to high school up uh, in Indiana, back where I went to middle school, I remember uh, a country boy wanting to whip my ass because I looked at him sideways. The point being is I remember being bullied a lot. And I remember at one point taking out all the bullying that was happening on me on this new kid that we had nicknamed Colorado and me and my nerdy friends who were always getting picked on. And this was in middle school. I'm trying to remember the building. Yes, this was middle school. And, uh, all the, all the bullying that was happening to us finally just took its toll. And so we found someone we could bully and we threw him in the garbage can a couple times during lunch one day. And we all laughed about it and thought it was super funny. And then, the next day, I'm picturing it in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. The next day at lunch, we walked up to this kid and we apologized and we felt super bad because we were all sitting there the next morning in school being like, that's what people do to us. And we know what that feels like. And even though we were laughing, he was not. And it was then in seventh and eighth grade that I realized that uh, no matter how much somebody picks on me, it doesn't mean that I should be picking on other people. And I think that's why I want to discuss this today, because I have experiences with that, with bullying, but I have I have these very distinct moments in my life where I do something that causes a reaction in me, and I set an anchor that says that's no longer how I'll act. If you have uh, been paying attention to these episodes. I think 107 was about emotional and anger management. And that's where I talked about the bicycle in my car recently. And then how I caused that accident back when I had my 300 ZX and I anchored it in my mind and said, no, no more road rage, no more letting my anger take over because bad things happen. And I don't want to be the cause of bad things happening to other people's lives, let alone mine. Or I mean, right? Like no way. Same thing with bullying Colorado. When we did that, and I I distinctly know everybody's name who was in that friendship circle that we did this with, we all decided that's not who we are. That's not appropriate. And though I don't remember this this kid staying around very long, I'm pretty positive that his his parents transferred him to a private school because we weren't the only ones who picked on him. We were just the only ones who apologized and promised we'd never do it again. And we did our best while we still saw him around to be his friend. But it's really hard, I think, for anybody to want to be friend for kids who throw you in a garbage can. And I always remember that. Um, not necessarily every little detail about that, because clearly, look at me, I've been trying to memorize it and bring it up to you now, and it doesn't come to total recall. But I remember how I felt when we did that to him. 
I remember thinking, I'm always the new kid. The other friends I was doing with, they're all from this town. They were, we were all just nerds who played chess during lunch. So, of course, I was going to gravitate toward them. But I was always the new kid. It took me 12 schools to get through senior year of high school. I was always the new kid. And here I was picking on a new kid. Unacceptable behavior. I came across a meme that was sent to me by one of my good friends the other day. And this is what it says. And I'm going to post this on my Instagram so that you guys can go over there and check it out. And it says, if you're willing to look at another person's behavior toward you as a reflection of the state of their relationship with themselves, rather than a statement about your value as a person, then you will, over a period of time, cease to react at all. This is about people projecting how they feel about themselves, projecting the insecurities they have about themselves, about what's happening in their lives. They project this out upon you and they will treat you negatively because they've got issues going on inside of them that they don't know how to handle. Whether you've heard it or not, I have heard it plenty of times that a bully is a bully because somewhere in their lives they're being bullied. And they don't have a better outlet for it. Back in the 80s, when young men, young boys in my middle school, in my high school were bullies, it was known, because this is a small country town, it was known that their fathers were abusive. It was known that their fathers were drunks, their fathers were, were you know, never-do-wells, if you will. Uh, that was a nickname that people threw around back then. <laughs> Keep on aging yourself, Jess. Don't worry. <laughs> And it wasn't lost on me that the boys who bullied me were the ones who everybody, you know, would gossip about them not having a good home life. So naturally, they're bullying because they go home and they take a beating themselves. They get ridiculed. They get talked down to. So how else are you supposed to evoke power in your life but go find people who are smaller and weaker than you and pick on them? And that's not too hard to find in middle school and high school, especially if you've had your growth spurt and you're a bully because you're being bullied. And now it's you find someone like me who doesn't get their growth spurt till they're like going into their sophomore year. And even when you finally get it, you're still pretty scrawny. Right? It's not too hard to find someone like me as the target for any kind of bullying. I tell you these stories because somewhere in your life, perhaps you've been bullied. And now with social media, it's ever so more easy to do to people. Before, you picked on them at school, you got picked on at school, but you got on the bus, you got home, and that was it. You were safe. Right? It wasn't until the next day you had to deal with it. But now people can snap pictures of you in the hallway and post them on social media of you picking your nose or brushing your hair or feeling sad or picking a zit or whatever it might be. And now all of a sudden you're getting ridiculed 24-7. And if this has happened to you, I can't necessarily tell you the best way to handle it in your life. Right? Is it going to the principal? Is it talking to your parents? Is it getting an adult or a teacher involved? And for those of you in college, you think, this is a college success habit show. Why are we talking about high school? It happens in college, too. You just have a much bigger platform for it to spread. Yeah, you're not walking around in a locker, 
uh, room in, 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 you know, middle school and high school confined any longer. You're not walking around the hallways of your school confined behind fences. Now you're on a university campus. It's a much bigger area. There's also hundreds, if not thousands of more people who can find out about something embarrassing you did or can you know, things can go viral on a college campus just as easily as a high school campus. So when these things have happened, I can't begin again. Let me re, re go back to what I was just saying. I cannot tell you necessarily how you are going to overcome that externally, who you might bring in to help you remedy this situation. But I can help you start thinking about ways that you can remedy it within yourselves. And that's why we're going to talk about a couple of different principles from my book. We're going to discuss cultivating courage, and we're going to discuss embodying tenaciousness, as well as we're going to discuss three powerful principles that come from neuro-linguistic programming, for which I've talked about plenty of times on this show, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. There's a, we call them the laws of success. And of them, there's 14 primary ones that I've learned. There's many more, but there's 14 primary ones that I've, I've learned that I adhere to. And we're going to discuss three of those in, in depth in this episode. When we start to talk about bullying, you have to ask yourself, what is it about the bully that their ego is afraid of or fearful of within themselves that they're projecting out upon you? Let's talk about one of the very first 14 laws of success of NLP. And that's no one does anything against you. They do it for themselves. When somebody's being, when you're getting bullied, when you've seen someone getting bullied, and again, this, this can be at work. If you're a non-traditional student and you haven't turned this off yet because you think it's all going to be about high school and college bullying, if you're one of these non-traditional students in your late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, wherever you're at, You've seen bullying happen in the workplace. You've seen somebody bully the person behind the deli counter at the grocery store because they want them to move faster. They didn't cut their their meat slices thin enough. We all see bullying in one form or another. And this is what I want us to really pay attention to when we start talking about these laws of success. This first one I'm bringing to your attention, that no one does anything against you. They do it for themselves. It might seem that they're going against you when they say mean things about you, when they make negative posts about you on social media. But what's really happening is they're doing it for themselves. This this need to have power, this need to deflect attention away from them. I remember this one guy my senior year in high school, and I didn't even tell you guys about how every year the seniors create this like senior newspaper. It's like an underground newspaper at the end of the year. And this, my senior year, there was 18 pages of it. And I was featured in 17 of those pages. They tore me a new asshole. And I remember when I showed it to my mom, my mom was like, this is how petty these people's lives are, that they have to come at you for just being happy and enjoying your life. If this is what's happening to them and they're willing to do this, Imagine how much time they thought about you in order to create this. I was like, whether they realize it or not, you were a centerpiece of their senior year and they're not happy about it. And so that's why they did this. And congratulations, you've graduated from there. You get to go off to college and you get to create whatever life you want. They will always have to live with the fact that they did this to somebody. And it was, I blocked out this memory for years 
because it was painful, but at the same time, it didn't really matter. Like it was painful when it first happened because some of my really good friends knew this was getting ready to come out and they did nothing to stop it. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not from this town. I may never even come back to this town. I do go back once in a while because of of, the, of those friends. I still want to see them. But all the stories of high school and the memories they expect me to have, I don't. I don't have those. I went off and went to three different universities. I've I've lived in nine major cities in the United States. I've lived in four different countries around the world and visited 19 different countries. And I've got the motorcycle trip where I spread my mom's ashes in 30, 29 states across 12,000 miles. And, you know, I've done the news and I've been a sports writer and I've lived in Hollywood. Like I got a lot of other things that have taken place of those memories from high school. No offense, high school friends, but those memories are way down low on the totem pole, especially the ones where I felt bullied because I'm like, you know what? That's what happened then. And now that I've healed and I've gone through these laws of success, I realize that those people weren't doing that against me. They were doing it for themselves. There was something they saw in me that they were jealous of, that they wanted, that they couldn't have. And for me, if I remember correctly about who I was my senior year, and again, it's my perspective from my own model of the world, my own filters, I was just happy being me. I had hair that I liked to brush in the hallways, and I had been a wallflower until I joined the Glee Club my senior year, and a lot of really popular football players were on the Glee Club, and next thing you know, I'm going to the parties that they're going to, and I'm dating a really beautiful swimmer, and then I start dating a really beautiful woman from the rival high school, and it was amazing how transformational my senior year was, and I just enjoyed it, and I was the kind of person who was a little bit, you know, I joked around a lot in the hallways and I was friendly to everyone so much to the point that even when people were mean to me, I just ignored it and kept being nice to them anyways. No one does anything against you. They do it for themselves. Remember that when someone hurts your feelings, when they say something mean to you, ask yourself, even if it's in your own head only, what is their behavior towards you reflecting about their state of their relationship with themselves in that moment in their lives in general? If they're lashing out at you and and bringing you to the center of ridicule, something's going on in their lives that they're unhappy about, and now you can have empathy for the bully. doesn't mean you have to like them. doesn't mean you have to support what they're doing. But when you see somebody bullying, that tells you that that person's in a lot of pain. It's not okay that they're causing pain to other people. That's not what I'm saying. Just because you have empathy for the bully does not mean you condone the bully's actions. But when you see somebody behaving that way, flipping off other people on the highway, screaming at the deli person or the cashier at a store, yelling at their children in the middle of the store, bullying another kid about the clothes they wear or the the cost of the shoes they have or how old their phone is, something's going on inside them that they don't know how to handle and they're lashing out at other people. And this goes into the next law of success. Accept the person and seek to change the behavior. You can't make people change, but it can be through your actions, your behavior towards them, that they might just realize that you're not the person to be picked with. You don't have to try to fight them. And again, I know my dad used to tell me, whip their ass, boy. If they punch you, you punch them back. In this day and age, it's a lot different. And we seek to help people change their behaviors. 
This is where I can't necessarily tell you how to remedy your particular situation. I can't tell you if bringing in an adult. I can't tell you if going and telling a supervisor, telling somebody on the university campus, telling your boss. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you what necessarily happening because each one of your situations is going to be unique. But you can seek to change that person's behavior. That could be from modeling the better behavior in front of them and seeing that they catch on that way. That could be from uh, having a conversation with them and, and trying to befriend them to figure out what is actually going on. I know some of this sounds ridiculous. And again, I can't possibly come up with an infinite amount of examples. But you yourself have to step back and say, is there any way that I can help guide this person to changing their behavior and, and evoking that sense of wanting to change it from within themselves? Right. If you go up and say, you need to stop bullying that person, right? most of the time the bully is just going to want to then bully you. Or, and they'll do it in so many different ways, it'll make your head spin. But you want to accept that person and have empathy for the pain they must be feeling. doesn't mean you have to always want to go around them. doesn't mean you still don't avoid them. Right? But you can seek to accept that person knowing that they're in a lot of pain. And this goes to the, the last law of success I'm going to bring up today, which is everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have. Everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have. Whatever level of emotional intelligence, whatever level of mental awareness, of self-awareness, of, of self-management, of social awareness of relationship management. We've talked about those four aspects of emotional intelligence before, and you can always go back and listen to those in another podcast. Whatever level they have of those, that is the resources that they are drawing upon. And you can go back to episode 73, where we talk about EQ and emotional maturity. Um, we can. I'm certain here going through the show notes, trying to find some other um, you can go back through and listen to episode 84, the victim or the creator, and realize that you can be creating and you can be releasing the, the desire to be mad at people and, and taking the victim role. So episode 73 is really great. Episode 84 is really great. Um, self-esteem and self-worth, episode 90, highly recommend that. Um, so there's there's these different ways. And of course, episode 107, where we talk about anger. When we talk about the resources that people have, they have whatever level of emotional intelligence and maturity they currently possess. When you leave high school and you go off to college, and when you leave college and you go out to the real world, you do seek to up-level your maturity, up-level your emotional intelligence. That doesn't mean everybody is. We seek to uncover that and to discover it within ourselves, but it does not mean that everybody else is. If you're 110 episodes into this show, you have clearly shown to yourself that you seek to up-level yourself, that you seek to increase your emotional intelligence. But that does not mean that everybody else does. So sometimes the resources they have at their particular age, you might look at them and be like, man, you should be way more mature than you are. But that's, that's not a point where you want to start bullying them about their level of maturity or ridiculing them in the public sphere about how they're handling their emotions. Right. I think I was very emotionally immature until I was 40 and I finally got sober. doesn't mean I didn't have flashes of maturity, but looking back at who I was then versus now, it's night and day. 
So everyone is going to grow at their own level. So when you see someone bullying, when you see somebody picking on others, talking down and gossiping and, and, and smashing people out on social media, just realize that everybody's doing the best they can with the resources they have. By accepting the person and seeking to help them change the behavior, it doesn't mean that you condone the way that they're behaving. It doesn't mean that you're going to support the bullying and pat them on the back and say, way to go for expressing yourself the way you did today. No, no, we're not. We're not condoning it. But we are seeking to accept them, knowing that there's a lot of pain going on inside of them. And that push came to shove, they really would rather not behave that way. And lastly, don't forget that no one's doing anything against you. They do it for themselves. Someone in your house says something snarky about your clothes or your weight or the way you look. There's something going on inside of them that they just don't know how to express. They want to be vulnerable. They want to have a heartfelt connection with you and say, wow, this about you is actually really you know, commendable and I wish I could be that way. But since I can't be that way, I'm just going to lash out at you and tell you that you shouldn't be that way either. Everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have. Accept the person and change the behavior and understand that no one does anything against you. They do it for themselves. They take the last donut and laugh at you as they eat it. They may not even be hungry for it, but the power they have in that moment to keep you from the donut could mean the world to them because in other aspects of their life, they don't feel like they have power. When I see somebody crossing a crosswalk really, really slow when they know there are tons of cars looking to be able to finally go and they're the ones holding it all up. And they'll even look at the cars. They'll even slow down when they see people getting impatient. That person lacks so little power in so many areas of their life outside of that moment in the crosswalk that they're going to behave that way in that moment because it is the only way that they feel that they can have a sense of power in their lives. And they're going to grasp that moment right then and there, and they're going to juice it for all it's got. You've seen these people who will get just a glimpse of power, and then they will abuse it. And it's because they don't feel like they have power in other areas of their life. Not even necessarily against other people, but within themselves. When you are strong and confident within yourself, you don't feel the need to exert power externally over little silly things like a crosswalk or a donut or how fast a person at the deli counter is cutting your meat. Because you're happy with yourself. You're not seeking to usurp power in ridiculously obscure moments of life. Congratulations, you just spent 30 seconds walking across a crosswalk. Now go back to whatever life that you are having, and I hope that you can somehow heal from the pain that you feel on the inside. Another person's behavior toward you is a reflection of the state of their relationship with themselves. So let's go back to two of my powerful principles from my book, Cultivate Courage and Embody Tenaciousness. I want you to cultivate the courage to stand up straight to look people in the eye, to feel confident in your own body, in your own skin. And for those of you who don't normally feel confident in your own body, and in your own skin, this is going to take some work. And that's okay. That's okay that it's going to take some time. I'll never forget I getting tripped in 
It was Craig. It was Craig Middle School. I got tripped in the hallway one time. And the reason I got tripped was because the day before, I had told my mom that I was getting bullied at school. And she's like, well, I don't know how to help you with all of it. But she's like, but there's one thing I feel would really help you. Stand up straight. Keep your eyes up. You don't have to look everybody in the eye, but don't look down. So the next day I go to school, it's right after lunch. I remember this. God, I remember. I can, I can picture, I can't picture the boy's face who tripped me, and I can't picture the teacher who did it. But it's like, I can absolutely see the doorway, the hallway. It's all right there. And sure enough, some eighth grader walks by me. I'm this little sixth grader, and he takes his foot and he just kicks out my right foot, and I go stumbling forward. Don't fall, but I definitely go stumbling forward. And this teacher standing in his, the doorway of his classroom goes straight up to that boy and grabs him by the scruff of the neck by his shirt and pinches his ear with his left hand. And is like, that's it. You're going to the principal. And I mean, no lie, this is exactly how I remember it. And I stumbled forward. I got my feet back underneath me, and I just kept walking forward with my head held high. And I remember, now mind you, here's here's how I remember it. I remember thinking, wow, when you look up and you stand up for yourself, if somebody bullies you, there will be somebody else there that will help you out. Now, there could have just as easily been no teacher there. I could have stumbled forward. The kid could have laughed, and I could have gone forward. And maybe the lesson I took was, hey, you might still get tripped, but at least your head, your head held high and your back's up. Hell, I could have taken the lesson as, if you, look, if you keep your head held high and your back up, you're going to get tripped, so you might as well just look down all the time anyways because you were going to get tripped that way too. Lots of different scenarios could have happened in this, but the one that did happen is the one that held a direct anchor into me still to this day. If you keep your head up and you keep your back straight and you feel confident in who you are, even if someone does bully you, the universe will bring that person their comeuppance. So cultivate courage. Stand up straight. Look forward. Don't look down. You have just as much right to exist on this planet as anybody else. And then that leads us right into embodying tenaciousness. Every day, seek to be the best version of yourself. If you see somebody else getting bullied, you don't have to confront the bully as much as you can just support the person being bullied. If you see somebody getting yelled at the deli counter, you don't have to confront the person doing the yelling. You might want to throw them a side eye, but when that person walks away, you can look at the person at the deli counter and say, hey, I think you're doing a great job. I think you're doing great back there. It's not your fault we have to wear masks, or it's not your fault that, that they were 17th in line. I think you're doing a damn good job, and I just wanted somebody to, if, if nobody else will, I will give you a thumbs up today. Give, bring a smile to that person's face. Go put your arm around them. Tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I support you. Whatever just happened right there, I don't support that, but I know that I support you. And I'd like to, you just to know that someone's, no, someone's thinking about you. The universe has your back. When you embody tenaciousness and you seek to be the best version of yourself each and every day, one day you might be the one supporting someone and the next day they're paying it forward by supporting you. When you understand that you can accept the person and seek to help get, change their behavior, that no one's doing anything against you, that they're doing it for themselves, and that everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have, you will embody tenaciousness by really adhering to those three principles. 
And it's through seeking to be the best version of yourself every day that this courage I desire for you to cultivate within yourself will continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. I don't necessarily agree with all of the ways that this this cancel culture, woke culture, Twitterati is going at people who did things 45 years ago or 45 days ago, and it's like, we're going to cancel that person out. We live in a country that has longed to give people second chances. Bullies have gotten many, many, many second chances. If they burn that bridge the second or third time, then that's on them. That is on them. But when you embody tenaciousness, you offer a handout and say, hey, I know you're in pain. Is there any way that I can help you through that? If they seek to still ridicule and bully, then that's just, that's them. And you can't help everyone. But you can absolutely help yourself by understanding that the way they're behaving towards you is more of a reflection of their state of the relationship they have with themselves than it ever will be, ever could be about you. That may not ease the humiliation that you feel when you're being picked on. That may not ease the sadness you feel when you see somebody else being picked on. It may not make any of those things better. And it absolutely does not give you the justification for bullying back, for jumping on Twitter where you can be faceless and just tearing somebody a new butthole. It does not give you permission for that. I just seek for you to open your heart and realize that when someone is behaving in a bullying manner, then that means that there is a lot of pain inside of them. And it doesn't mean we condone their behaviors. When we see politicians or celebrities bullying other people, that does not mean we condone it by having empathy and compassion for the sadness they must feel on the inside. What it does do for us put us closer in touch with our own humanity. And at the end of the day, you are personally responsible for yourself and yourself only. And when you can look in the mirror and say, I am supporting those who need the support and I am supporting those who bully just as much because both people are in pain. And I would prefer a world where there is less pain than doubling the pain. And I know you would too. That's it, my friends. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy. Release and flow. Go out there. Reach your hand out. Make a new friend. Support someone in need. It could just be the day that you turn their entire life around. You never know how much help a friendly smile brings to someone. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you again next week. If you would like more information about how to become a member of the Wise Mind Empowerment and Leadership Tribe, if you would like any kind of help with studying, emotional management, physical health and nutrition, whatever it might be, go over to at Jesse Mogul, DM me through Instagram, and we'll set up a call. We'll see what I can do to help guide you. And hey, if your university is having live speakers come to their campus, 
you should let me know and I will come speak there. And if they're doing awesome Zoom speaking events in the Resource Center or the Success Center, I'll do that too. I'm ready to get back out in front of people. It has been way too long since I have been able to meet y'all face to face. I'm ready to get myself back out there. If you know a conduit for me to get in front of your university, let me know and I will come there and speak. Much love, everybody. Bye-bye.